welcome everybody to episode 42 of the Udan Millennials podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Garrett. And I'm Paige. And um, before we get started, um, just want to, we, we were trying to live stream this episode, but um, I don't know if where we're recording the Wi-Fi is too slow or any other number of problems but uh youtube wasn't having it so we're still recording the video but we just are not live streaming this one we're gonna definitely try again next week but yeah that didn't we'll really work practice tests before yeah. Then. yeah but um to those of you who haven't checked out our youtube channel we have been uh we uploaded the last episode and clips of last episode we're gonna try and do that with every episode um our youtube channel is ydm podcast so please go subscribe. That would help us greatly. Um, any other announcements? Follow our Twitter for updates on what's happening. Um, Most what of you probably already do. But at YDM underscore podcast. Uh, but in that case, done with the announcements, let's get crack-a-lacking. Uh, what you want to jump into first? I <laughs> would say... I say the democratic debates. democratic debates yes. or well democratic stuff because I mean we could okay so essentially <laughs> uh, so last two podcasts ago when Hick and Looper dropped I added in the sound effects sad uh, bagpipes like military funeral bagpipes and uh, cannons being shot so I think it's only right that. After <coughs> I edit the audio, get like three more cannon shots because yeah. uh, more people have dropped as we suspected. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten, Kirsten, I think. Gillibrand dropped. Um, Inslee, who is the governor of Washington, right? Jay Inslee dropped, and then Bolton. I don't even know who the fuck that is. I think his name was Seth. I, I, don't, I don't know who I don't that know. is. They but all dropped. He was one of he was one of the ones that I don't think even made it to any of the debates. He no, was he didn't. really, really kind of a no name and kinda of sad, but yeah, so I sounded like Trump right there. You. I know, every time I say sad I'm like Yeah, he kinda of claimed that word. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so yeah, three four? Three. So well three dropped, but as of now I think the number stands at five, five that yeah. have dropped. The, the number's gonna go up. The other two were Hickenlooper and Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah. Um, so, along with that, the next round of Democratic debates is coming. We're recording this on September 1st, but um, in about, I don't know, a week and, a, week and five days. So, September yeah. 12th is going to be the next round of debates, but I don't... When I say debates, I mean debate, because it's going to be one singular debate, and it's going to be a big one. It's three hours long. And so far, well, no, not so far. Total, 10 Democrats have qualified. Who are they, Paige? So we got <laughs> Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Harris, Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, Warren, and Yang. So in other words, no surprises. Pretty much got everybody yeah. that we expected. The biggest surprise, quote unquote, would probably be Yang. I think so. But even then, I mean, he has and a Castro, lot of support. Yeah. Because they were both polling at, like, the same amount. I think Yang was actually polling better than Castro. Yeah, Yang's, his numbers have been going yeah. up recently. He's been polling at, like, anywhere from, like, 3 to 5%. So it's actually pretty impressive for him. But um, 
yeah, the the polling numbers have been all over the place recently. I mean, I've seen some where Bernie is up on Biden by like five points. I've seen some like the older ones where Biden's at like forty three and everybody else is at like fifteen. I think those are the same polls that probably did a uh, Hillary Trump. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, in other words, we don't know what to expect right now. But, you know, when caucuses and primaries come to your state, vote for who you want. Because, I mean, I know in our case, I've never been asked to participate in a poll. But that's probably because I'm too young and I don't have a landline. Yeah. For those of you, uh, we haven't uploaded. We uh, I've done a couple of the interviews with the USC students. But uh, talking with somebody who worked on the Bernie campaign, he said one of the wildly um, inaccurate ways that polls represent data is that they only represent um, a certain demographic. And so that's why, in his words, he explained um, that a lot of uh, the people who are polled are polled by landline, which in 2019 is not very accurate. To If you're like 50 plus, you have a landline. Even then, though, like I feel like a lot of people who were – like, in that demographic, people don't have landlines anymore. My and grandparents don't have landlines. Exactly. So I think at this point, that's obviously wildly inaccurate. And um, just in general, I think polling probably has a lot of inaccuracies. Also, if you're polling people with landlines, they're probably wealthier because who the fuck can afford a yeah, landline? The, those are the people that don't need that $10 exactly. a month. Like, they're like, mm, fuck it. Like, I'll just, I'll just take a landline. Yeah. To only, Might as well. to only get, I mean, prank callers and, like... Like, people saying your credit card is, like, expired or something? Well, I mean, to be fair, that's who they would try and target. The people who try and get your credit card number over the phone, they'd be like, oh, landlines. Yeah, because like, they're old people yeah. and they're gullible. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, ten people, one night, three hours. Um, yeah. It's like our Super Bowl. For real, though. I don't know... Well, our Twitter following probably saw it. Um, last debates, I was going ham on <laughs> my personal Twitter and retweeting it with the podcast Twitter. And I got a couple ones that hit like a couple hundred likes, a couple hundred retweets. So it's going to be our Super Bowl in that I'm going to be on my Twitter the whole time, <laughs> just shooting off tweets shooting the off whole the time. Memes, memes yeah. GIFs, yeah. the whole shebang <laughs> it's just gonna be tweets everywhere and i'm hoping that you know maybe we'll get some more visibility on this podcast yeah as a result but so september 12th that's that's my super bowl that's our super bowl that's all we're gonna be focusing on and then um, the next one after that is scheduled already for mid-october October. yeah and that one i heard if 11 candidates or more qualify which is Fairly unlikely, but well, if they do... Talk about one that might. <laughs> our boy Tom Steyer? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't qualify for this debate off the uh, polling, I think, because mm-hmm. obviously he, he has missing, enough money. He's missing one poll. <clears throat> um, So I guess he technically could make it by the next one. I would probably hope he doesn't, but if he does, 11 or more people, they're going to be split into two nights. <sighs> Which no, I don't want to happen. I want it to be ten people. I want it to be one night. Yikes. I want it to yeah. be, you know, just concise. I don't want yeah. it to be spread out across two nights. Because personally, watching the first two rounds of debates, seeing I didn't like the fact that the the heavy hitters, quote unquote, the the Bidens, the Harrises, 
the Bernies, the Warrens, like the the big candidates that you think have a chance were not debating each other. Yes. At and most, it was like two of them. Yeah, and this is the first time that Warren and Biden are going to be on the same stage. Yes. So. Which should be uh, exciting. Should be exciting. Um, and <laughs> I wonder. I'm I'm curious to see if like. It's the same dynamic as when Bernie and Warren were on the same stage and everyone was, like, attacking them. And they're going to be, like, tag-teaming yeah. against everybody else. That yeah. should be interesting. I mean, it, w- it was pretty fun to watch. It was, but also it didn't help me decide on who to vote for because I'm torn between those two. That's true. So. But that's another thing that um, my future interview that will go up on this channel eventually with the – Bernie campaigner. Um, he said that they we'll actually attach it to this video. Probably, yeah, yeah, that could be possible. Um, we will add an interview to this episode probably, and then our next episode we're also going to add an interview. So, um, but no, he talked about how different the demographics are actually for Bernie and Warren. So. Oh, interesting. So listen to that interview for more insight on that. It probably will be at the end of this episode. Yeah. I'm so saying it will be because, yeah, somewhere around thirty <laughs> or forty minutes. It will be. Um, so that's pretty much it for the Dems. I guess the we'll, Dems. we'll see what happens on September 12th. How many impressions will my Twitter account, will our Twitter account yeah, get? Yeah, his, uh, I, it's fair, you can call I, it his. I run he the runs Twitter runs account, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's gonna be my competition yeah. for myself. Um, Let's talk about Hurricane Dorian. Hurricane Dorian, um, as of right now... Uh, on Sunday, like I said earlier, September 1st, uh, it's currently made landfall in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And um, so I hope everyone in there, in that country, is it a country? No, yeah. it's a chain of islands. It's a country. The Bahamas is a chain of islands. Is, oh, shit. I'm pretty sure. On the spot. Um, I hope everyone there is safe. Um, obviously, hurricanes are not to be messed with, especially in this case because um, – I think yesterday it was coming it's a country, in. country, bitch. The Bahamas? Mm-hmm. Oh, country. Um, coming in, it was a f- Category 4, and just five or six hours ago, it got upgraded to a Category 5, yeah. and from what I've heard, an especially bad Category 5. So, I mean, not just worried about our country. I mean, people there, I hope they're safe. Gotta suck being on an island because yeah. you don't really have anywhere to go. Yeah. Um, I hope... And this shit happens to them all the time. Like, yep. I feel bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so what did our, uh, you know, commander-in-chief say we should do to stop the hurricane? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, news broke sometime last week that apparently in, like, a closed meeting briefing about the hurricane, our president, <laughs> Donald J. Trump, uh, apparently suggested something along the lines of nuking the hurricane because obviously that would stop it. Yeah, just throw nukes at it and it'll stop it from coming to the United States. Apparently he legitimately suggested <laughs> that if we drop a nuke in the eye of the hurricane, it'll stop it from advancing. It's like a Michael Bay movie. I don't know like what type of science that is. Maybe he's light years ahead of us. He went May- to Penn, bro. He went to Penn. He knows. He went to Wharton School of Business. So yeah. maybe he knows something we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently nuking the hurricane is... Nuking anything, really. That's the answer. 
right? I mean, that was kind of one of the biggest worries about him as a president in general was nukes. And now we have to worry about him nuking fucking natural disasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just I mean, okay. Put you, like on, put you on the spot. What? What type of natural disaster would nuking help the most? Help? Help. Like, would, what... What natural disaster would nuking just a- absolve the whole natural disaster? Zero of them. Okay. If, I think if, if, if there was if one, it would help hurricane. any of them, which one would it no, help? No, I feel like it would make a hurricane worse. Because it would be like, boom, and it would go everywhere. Not just like... So, no, not a hurricane. Tornado, I was thinking it would be like Sharknado, but with nukes. So, it would be worse. Ooh, it would like go into the tornado and like fly around. Yeah. That would oh, that would, be, that would be terrible. I don't think any. A tsunami, maybe? Maybe you could like, oh, like you hit it drop here, it and in then front it of the tsunami back. and it pushes it back. So maybe that would help the United States, but it would like fuck over like, you know, the countries Europe. that yeah. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here, folks. Tsunamis, <laughs> nuking, a okay. I feel like that's like the most acceptable answer. Tsunamis. Not a hurricane. Not a hurricane. Yes. But um, so it is expected to make landfall. If anywhere in the United States, it's still not 100% sure it's going to hit our country. But if it does, it's predicted to be in the Florida, Carolinas, Georgia area. As it so, usually is. Um, yeah, as it usually does. So, of course. I would course, never want to live in Florida for many oh, reasons, but mostly this reason. Yeah, yeah. I hope everyone there is safe. Um, I hope it gets downgraded before it makes landfall because a Category yeah. 5 would cause a lot of damage. Was, oh, okay, go ahead interesting thing <laughs> to talk about in relation to this hurricane um i don't remember what episode it was probably 10 15 episodes ago when we were talking about diversion mm-hmm. of funds um but at one point again our commander-in-chief uh took congress's budget and then decided to divert money from fema the organization that responds to disasters Mm -hmm. (laughs) and diverted it to the border wall because (coughs) or not the border wall but the border security because he thought it was an emergency and fema for emergencies (laughs) yeah and i read up on it and essentially well because pete Buttigieg tweeted something along the lines of um pete Buttigieg. i thought you said okay sorry pete Buttigieg (laughs) tweeted something along the lines of the president diverted FEMA funds to go towards keeping people in cages. Mm -hmm. And so, essentially, I read a PolitiFact article, and so they said that was semi-true because not all of the money went went from FEMA, but about $150 did come from FEMA. That's so much. Yeah, well, in our terms, yeah, like, I could live on that for the rest of my life. Government money, it's, you're you're right, it's still a bunch of money. And uh, obviously now we're, going hurt a little bit more because now we actually have a natural disaster that could um cause irreparable damage mm-hmm. to certain states in our country and also interestingly enough what color were those are those states Ooh, very red very red north carolina is a little blue at times at times but georgia and florida georgia. are solidly red mm-hmm. so we'll see how quick they get a like response efforts and because mm-hmm. we know Katrina uh, as Kanye West so eloquently Twitter uh, went on the news and said George Bush don't care about black people I mean we'll, we'll see I mean I'm not saying anything right now but I have a prediction that it may be fairly quick that res- response efforts 
go into the state and help if if it makes landfall i hope it doesn't i really hope it doesn't because obviously that's a lot of people losing their houses uh, people losing their pets what was, people losing their family members your second like, one was the pets well, the four family members <clears throat> obviously Sorry. Both would be heartbreaking, but Garrett loves animals. I do love animals, and that would just like break my heart if. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's tearing up in the studio later. <laughs> but um, what were you I was gonna say, what category was Katrina? Four. What? Mm-hmm. So it was like the infrastructure just really bad? Yes. Hundred percent. Holy it was, shit! Okay, it was so this is really bad. badly prepared What's for hurricanes, the- which Florida, like you said, they experienced this a lot, so they're kind of used to it, unfortunately. So. But I it's feel still like gonna cause damage what question what is like the highest you can get five wait what five is the highest. i thought it was like 10 no okay this is bad okay i was wrong katrina was a five which but makes still sense. but yeah so katrina is a five as of right now dorian's a five so wait is it really a five as highest you can go yes <laughs> what the heck yes so hurricane katrina was the worst hurricane Yes. In America. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Well, because, okay, so five is the highest because I'm pretty sure it goes by wind speed. So, like, if three is 100 to 120, He's and pulling these numbers are just out of his ass. bullshit numbers, yeah. but, and four is 120 to 150, five would be 150 plus. So, gotcha. if they're higher than that, it's just plus. It's just a gotcha. five. Gotcha. gotcha. It could gotcha. be a really, really bad five. It could be the tamest five possible, but a five is still a five. A five is five. Got it. Yes. Okay. Um, so, like we said, hope everybody there is safe. Hope it doesn't make landfall. Um, but if it does, we hope for the best. Yep. Um, on to more tragedies. Well, uh, no, let's tragedies. talk about, oh. okay, on our Google Doc, we got, he just says Trump tweets. Garrett put that. Uh-huh. Let's go into that before we get to the heavy. Um. Or would you like to get to the heavy before we get to that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll go heavy. Bring it, bring him down, bring him back up. Yeah, it's like a roller coaster. Um, more tragedies, unfortunately. Uh, Midland, Odessa, Texas. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard. Um, yesterday, sometime, uh, there was a another mass shooting, and this one was a crazy ass case. If I could say, as if they aren't all They're crazy, all but this crazy. one is especially wild. Sounds like a Grand Theft Auto. Game. Um, so essentially, this guy, I'm not going to say his name. For one, I don't know it. For two, I don't want to say his name. Um, was being pulled over by the police for not signaling, like not. Uh, it was just like a traffic violation. Not using his yeah. blinker. And uh, he probably had some stuff in the car. And so when the cops were coming to his car, he started shooting at them and then started driving away. And I mean, if you Google it, you can see pictures of cars with bullet holes so he was on the highway just shooting at cars and then drove around for a long amount of time uh west texas and was just shooting at cars shooting at people um and then actually ended up stealing a mail truck at one point and then started doing the same thing out of that Mm -hmm. but um as of right now seven dead 21 injured i think is the number which 21 injured Uh, seven dead (sighs) and then that's not including the shooter who was shot and killed Yes. Yeah. Basically. Um, what was I say? Oh, sorry. So and one of the one of the people killed was a seventeen month old child. Mm. Not killed. Was he killed? I'm not sure. He was shot in the face. I, so I'm assuming. I would assume so, but I'm you never know. Just to make sure. Um, but 
what what do we say besides what we've said after every single one oh, injured. Oh, that happens? Um, She's injured only. And that's my my issue with the whole gun control thing. Obviously, both sides have issues. One side thinks that is this your thing on your keyboard? Oh, sorry. Obviously, one side thinks that um, it's wrong to make use of a tragedy for political gain, quote unquote. And then the other side it's thinks. Yeah, I know, but the other side thinks that um, obviously we have to use these to motivate us to do something. All I'm saying is at this point, they keep happening, and we haven't done anything to try and combat it. I understand people who believe in their right to own a gun and believe that they should be able to have that, and I understand that, but we have to try something. I mean, are we just going to keep letting it go on and not try and do something because at least if you try and pass a gun control law or more stringent background checks if you do something along those lines and then say it makes it a little bit better at least you made it a little bit better and if it doesn't do anything well then you can try something else but we have to try something at this point because it it keeps happening and i mean even at look at look at what state four of the 10 biggest mass shootings in history have happened in texas Shocking. Texas has real, real loose gun laws. We'll get to that later. And uh, wh- where are the good guys with guns? That's all I'm going to say. And also, I feel like people think it's one or the other. Like, it's either we have free access to guns, like like Texas basically has, or it's, like, no guns at all. And it's really, it's not that at all. And, like, no Democratic candidate or person in office right now has ever said to take away everyone's guns. Like, that's not at all what the Democratic Party is trying to do. It's just trying to regulate, like, mostly AR-15s. Like, that's... Assault rifles are the the main target. And then, like, background checks. And I feel like if you don't agree with that, it's... You're you're aligning more to, like, just the principle of, like... I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But, like, if you don't agree with it, it's not because you don't agree with it. It's because you're just being stubborn. And, like, trying not to align yourself with anything that the Democratic Party stands for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't... If you... It's like we ref, we've referenced this before, this, like, test they did where um, it was, like... I don't know if it's pollsters. They were, like, doing a political survey. And they would ask a question and to, like, a group of mixed, like, Republicans and Democrats. They'd ask a question and just say a simple fact. Like, um, I don't even know. But, like, they'd ask a random thing and then it'd be, like normal numbers like uh democrats and republicans would agree on a lot of it and then they would preface it by saying like 70 percent of republicans agree that this and then they would ask the question and you would see that the republicans would like agree with it and then the, the democrats wouldn't and like vice versa right so it's all just along party lines it's not because of like actual like facts and what people actually agree with you know yeah like i said at this point i would hope most of the people in the country just support trying to do something. Yeah, I mean something's better than nothing. I mean, just leaving what we have now and letting it keep happen. I I, I don't understand the logic in that. Like, oh no, we can't. Like, why are, why are we not trying something? But with that, um, actually, a day after it happened today, um, the Texas legislature, so their local state legislature actually loosened a lot of their gun laws. Uh, I love that. Wow. So essentially, um, 
I'll read a couple of them off. But so, like, gun laws at schools. HB 1143 um, now prevents public school districts and open enrollment charter schools from regulating how licensed individuals store their firearms or ammunition in their vehicle on a school parking lot. So, essentially, that means if you're an 18-year-old high schooler, you can have guns and ammo in your car. And they can't do anything about That's it. That's fucking insane. Uh, HB 1387 removes limitations on the number of faculty and staff that can be designated as armed school marshals per campus. Previously, there could only be one marshal per 200 students or one marshal per school building. Okay, that one somewhat makes sense because, I mean, if you align with the good guys with guns category. Well, like, pause on that. When has there ever been, like, a good guy with a gun that killed the person shooting everyone? I agree, but Z- I'm just I, I'm just saying at least this one makes sense. The first one makes no sense to me. Okay. Because you're literally the, the category of people who've been doing these shootings are young people. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially you're saying people at school can have guns and ammo in their cars, yeah. which is where they would be if they're playing a school shooting. Okay, I guess I can understand <clears> the Marshalls <throat> one, because it also would deter... Or not deter. deter, deter, sorry, whoops. <laughs> it would deter people from maybe doing it in the first place on schools yeah. because, like, that there's one, more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's another one, though, at places of worship. SB 535 clarifies that places of religious worship are the same as other private properties. They must give notice if guns are banned on their premises. Churches, mosques, and synagogues were previously off-limits. So, pr- in the past, you couldn't bring firearms to places of worship, period. Now, it's the church's or mosque or synagogue's job to say you can't have guns here. And if they don't, you can now bring guns to those places, which, again, are places that mass shootings happen. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, yeah, there's there's more. You can read up on it. Um, just Googling. There's hella. There's it a was, lot. It was an article on Politico that literally just went up a couple hours ago, but... Oh, wait, wait, wait. This one's interesting. All right, let's hear it. HB 121 defends license to carry holders who trespass in a place prohibiting guns as long as the holder promptly leaves the property after being asked. Hmm. What the fuck? Yikes. So... Plus, how are you even going to know they have a gun? So, essentially, what I get from that is that, um, the, the, like, churches, mosques, if they say you can't have guns, if you walk in with a gun, they just have to say, like... If you won't get in any trouble if you say, oh, you just have to leave, and then they leave. That's so stupid. Even though they said, you can't bring a gun in here. I believe... What's the point of having... <sighs> yeah, I think I read something else about um, another one where literally anybody can open carry now. Like, you don't have to have... Or, not everybody can open a carry. It was anybody can carry a gun on them without having to get a license or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but the other ones are verbatim from the mm-hmm. laws that they passed today. So think what you will about those, but like what? I said, if you're trying to make progress and not letting these things happen in schools, in mosques, in churches, in synagogues, dialing back the regulations on having guns at those places doesn't seem like the right way to go to me. Because like you said, every situation that people say, oh, good guys with guns will help. In, in my thoughts, I've thought before, when, when cops come to respond to the scene, because I, in pretty much every situation, that is what stopped the situation. Law they enforcement be the good officers. Guys with, co- like Law, with guns? Yeah, they are the good, guys, are with good guns. guys with guns. But the problem is, if you have a shooter who is shooting at innocent people, and then you have good guys with guns, quote unquote, that are there to either protect or try and stop the shooter, 
what if one of those guys runs out and uh, is trying to just get out of there, doesn't want to mm-hmm. try and be Rambo and try and be the hero in that situation? There's a chance that that person gets shot by the cops because they might think you're the one with the gun. And didn't that not that drastic, but that kind of happened in El Paso. They stopped. Um, yeah, the guy who everybody yeah. was saying was like such a hero, and he was because he was helping children get out of the place, but he had a gun on his hip, and he got stopped by officers on his way out because they saw a man with a gun, and they said, hey, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he said, no, it wasn't me. And I believe one of the only reasons that he got away and, like, didn't get detained is because they still heard gunshots. So, obviously, it's not the guy in front of me if I still hear gunshots. But that's another scary situation. Is it that could be. What if it is multiple people yes. and then there's still one person firing off shots and the other guy just gets away because, mm-hmm. yep. There's just a lot of situations in which the, the good guy with guns paradox idea is just kind of flawed. And if we've had, just this year, almost 250 mass shootings, where was the good guy with the gun? Like, where? In those 250 instances. And also... I don't know why people still think that when there has not been a single instance where they've been successful. Yeah. That's also, all. it's it's asking so much of the general public to be the ones to stop a mass shooter. Like, it's not their fucking job. They're supposed to be looking for safety. Yeah, if I'm not- at a mall, if I'm at school, if I'm at my place of worship, I don't think that should be my job. It's It should not. 100% should not be your job. Yeah. That's why we have police officers. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we're going to say on that topic. Aside from, uh, we're still staying on the topic, kind of, but, um, Dave Chappelle, one of my, no, not one of my, my favorite stand-up comedian of all time, uh, just released a special on Netflix, I think two or three days ago, and it's incredible. Everybody should watch it if you like stand-up comedy, but... It's a little offensive, It's a little offensive, but... I, I like that. So um, at one point, he starts talking about gun control. Mm-hmm. And so he essentially um, was talking about how he owns a gun because, you know, he thinks he should because he's been afraid of being attacked and because he lives in Ohio and, you know, it's kind of kind of scary you in some parts of like Ohio. talked about, like, heroin addicts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more on the comedy aspect. But – um. The whole special is kind of like half comedy, half just making you think about shit. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he says, essentially, um, you want to know how to stop or how to get gun control regulation passed? Every black person in this country needs to go out and buy a gun. Yep. And there's some truth to his statement because um, if you look back and if you look at California's gun laws, obviously California has one of some of the strictest gun laws in the country. And it's not only because they're a liberal state, it's also because back in the 80s when the L.A. riots were happening and L.A. was kind of a dangerous place and police brutality was big and the Black Panthers were trying to form to fight against police brutality. It was a very like volatile situation. A lot of black people legally bought guns. And as a result, the government did not like that mm-hmm. because obviously in that situation they were trying to oppress them and they didn't want that to happen so they figured oh they're trying to exercise their right to have a gun how dare they how dare they so then they dialed back a lot of the laws and made it harder for those people to get guns so there's just think what you will about his statement but it's kind of true when you think about it it's very true like the people who are against gun laws in this country are 
I'm, I'm not going to say they're all racist, but. So. The, I wouldn't say the people who are against it. I would say the pe- the lawmakers. The lawmakers, that's what typically. I mean. The lawmakers who are against them. Yes. Are, yeah. It's, that could be an instance of, or like a part of their um, not wanting it's to. It's like. It's like, okay, they saw black people registering to vote more in the 2016 election, and then we saw huge amounts of, ID like, laws ID laws, and, and then, like, tampering with, like, the voting systems. Like, in black neighborhoods, the voting booths weren't just working. Sudden, yeah, like, just suddenly didn't work. People so. would have to stand in line until 2 in the morning because yeah. the voting machine was broken. So. Um, yeah, There's we, a lot of truth we, to We've seen statement. voter suppression and things like that happen, but... It's, it shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, another thing he said, and this is, I would love to hear your thought because we watched it together, but we didn't comment because we were paying close attention. So what did you think about, and I'll explain to the listeners, um, essentially at one point he says he doesn't agree with, uh, a lot of schools now have um, school oh. shooting drills. Mm-hmm. So essentially teaching you what to do, kind of like how, like when we were in school, we did quote unquote hard lockdowns. That's what they were called, mm-hmm. which essentially is like when if something dangerous was on campus, you'd have to lock yourself in a room. When I was a kid, that scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, like you have to in a, in a situation, you have to know what to yeah. do. But what he said is in these certain situations, preparing for shooting drills does nothing but scare the kids. Because they shouldn't have to think, and they shouldn't have to think about that when they're at school. Be- and he essentially said that having these drills does nothing but make these kids think about the possibility of being shot at school. And <laughs> essentially, he said that if somebody comes to school to shoot you, they're going to shoot you. And also, he said <laughs> by having these drills with everybody in the school, the shooter is in your midst, they're one of them. So if you just do these drills and say, oh, we're going to go to the gym and we're all going to hide out there. Well, now that kid knows that it's going to be in the gym and that you're going to hide out there. And that's super, super grim, but it's, it's true. It's true, yeah. So, yeah okay, I agree. Um, also, I feel like it's not, it's not the responsibility of the person, like it's not the responsibility of the children to have to worry about it. Um, it's the responsibility of the people working there and – and, and even then, it's not even their responsibility. It's the responsibility of the lawmakers. But if anything, they should be training the teachers and be training the, like, support staff and everyone to know what to do, not the kids. And I think, I mean, like, it should just be called a hard lockdown drill, not a school shooting drill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fucking morbid. Yeah. Just call it a hard lockdown. They don't need to know everything that's happening. There's a reason why, like, I'm... At our, at our high school, we had a hard lockdown because there was, like, a domestic dispute or something in the neighborhood. But they didn't tell us anything that was happening because they didn't want to scare us or, like, put us in, like, panic. Yeah. So they just said, like, hey, there's just a situation going on in the neighborhood. That's it. So we were just in the classroom by ourselves, like, just chilling out. But, like, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be, like, like this is preparing you for a school shooting. Do you know what I mean? It should just be, like... Here's a hard lockdown drill. In any emergency, this is what we do. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Also, it's so stupid to go to one location for a school shooting. That's so fucking stupid. I don't know if that's necessarily what they do. I, it's probably different school by school, but yeah. It, that's so stupid. You just stay in your room and you lock the door and you hide. Yeah. Um, 
switching to a lighter, brighter gear, um, Trump has been tweeting a lot lately. Shocking. He said some real – since our last recorded actual podcast, because uh, most of you who know, last week we did an interview, so we didn't have like a traditional podcast. But since our last traditional podcast, um, Trump has claimed he's – I don't know if it's a direct quote, but he was king of the Jews. Oh, yeah. Um, the chosen one. The chosen one. <laughs> uh, w- the more crazy one that has happened recently is... Uh, <laughs> so, Trump went to the G7 summit, made himself look like a fool, as we all know. Um, <laughs> but then came back and essentially just, like, tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes and, like, didn't make them... Uh, think that everything went all right but then he also came back and suggested that the next g7 summit oh yeah take place at uh the mar-a-lago resort that we have all become so familiar with during his presidency because you know he spends so much time there um and then a news story came out that apparently there had been bed bugs <laughs> in the past uh, even though it's obviously a really expensive uh That's place style. to stay yeah, but I'm trying to look for the exact tweet. But essentially, somebody complained about bed bugs, and then uh, Trump basically went on a rampage and started talking about how there weren't bed bugs. <laughs> and then also, I thought he was supposed to be distanced from the company. So why the fuck is he tweeting about it? Yeah, and that was that was one of the issues that people had is that even though he's defending his place of business, former place of business, mm, he shouldn't have it now. Quote. But um, oh, you found it. But, oh, JK, JK. but essentially what uh, he was defending it and saying, oh, but it would be a perfect place for the G7 summit. And when you think about it, no, it's not because it's his private property that he his family runs that he should not be touching at the moment. And suggesting that one of the world's biggest conferences for political people from all around the world. Uh, oh, he tweeted. No bedbugs at Doral. The radical left Democrats, upon hearing that the perfectly located, parentheses, for the next G7, end parentheses, Doral National Miami was under consideration for the next G7, spread that false and nasty rumor. Not nice, exclamation point. Wait, I love how he thinks it was actually under consideration. Like, he literally just said it. Honestly, I don't know what I would put past him at this point because obviously previous presidents, we would say, no, that's stupid. That's a gross misuse of your position to say that, oh, we should have this leadership conference for world leaders at my hotel. He's done this before, too, though. Like whenever there's like ambassadors coming, he would tell them to stay at Trump Tower. So it's like. Like. Conflict of interest, question mark. I don't know. Question mark, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I feel like that alone in the past would have been grounds for impeachment. But now it's like he has to have, like, 500 fucking things before we even consider it. So Yeah, depending on the president, that could have been pretty, uh... Yeah. Once again, if it was Obama... Right. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But that's pretty much the last of our topics. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We got pretty... Deep into it, like our three or four main topics. I feel like there's a lot that happened, but that's like the main stuff for right now. Yeah, yeah, we're it's possible we'll record another podcast in the next couple days, um, but in case we don't, I feel like we got through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, 
subscribe to us on or follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Instagram's still in the works. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you made a promise on this I podcast did, a couple weeks ago. I haven't followed through. Yeah. But uh, also keep listening if you want to listen to the interview that we had with Thomas. Yes. Correct. Okay. And for now, signing off. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a good week. <laughs> this should be the first of our interview series with the USC students uh, taking part in the Inside Iowa project. Um, the This is the first being recorded. We don't know if it will be the first one that goes out, but first one recorded is with Thomas. Just say hi real quick. Hi, everyone. How are you? All right, so first question that we're probably going to ask all of you guys is um, just briefly explain what the Inside Iowa Project is, and yeah. Yeah, so, um, sorry, one sec. Um, so um, what the Inside Iowa Project is, um, it's, uh, this was the first year, so it's a brand new program from USC. Um and um, basically, they create uh, a cohort of students um, made up of uh, different class levels and uh, different majors, backgrounds. Um, and they um, basically sponsor us, send us to Iowa for 10 weeks um, where we are working and uh, interning um, on a presidential campaign of our choice. Wow, I didn't know it was that long. But um... yeah, <laughs> it was pretty long. But also for reference, um, I'm going to go back and edit the audio. So if, like, you slip up and say anything or if you need to, like, you know, like, look at your phone or something, it's fine. I can sure. just edit that and post. But, um, okay. So you guys all intern for different uh, presidential campaigns. So yeah. uh, who did you intern for? I know, but just for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was um, with the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign out in Iowa. Right. And so me and Paige, in case you haven't listened to too many of our podcasts, me and Paige are both fairly um, supportive of Bernie Sanders and awesome. um, also Elizabeth Warren. But Bernie Sanders sure. is who I mostly support. But um, okay, so, awesome. uh, I know why I like him, but why did mm-hmm. you why do you like him or why did you choose specifically to work for his campaign? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a. Uh, there's not I there's not just like one reason I guess um you know um just like in a general sort of aspect you know like I find myself more drawn to progressive ideals um so yeah I mean there's no reason why so many other countries in the world can have um you know universal healthcare universal college um everything like that and we can't you know um, yeah, I was about to say one of your issues that you said was one of the most important facing us was healthcare, and obviously, I mean yeah. Bernie's been going on about universal healthcare since I mean the 2016 election. Yeah, even before that. Yeah, um, even before that. But um, yeah, I, I guess I guess um, what sort of like really sort of drew me to him um was uh was you know like four years ago in 2015. Um, when he sort of became popular on the national stage, like, uh, when he was talking about all of these ideas, um, 
I, I, I didn't even know that, like, stuff like that, like, was possible. Like, like, I, not even that, just, like, even that it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, like, you know, like, people, like, were not even, like, saying, oh, this is not possible. They just don't say anything about it because right. at the end of the day, a lot of, you know, big names and stuff don't want us to know about it, don't want us to popularize it. Um, so for me, uh, Bernie was, um, he's just like really just changed the way that I thought about politics and thought about, um, you know, the role of, uh, of our government in our lives. Yeah, I agree. I, the popularizing thing, that's one thing that I've been saying is if you watch like the debates nowadays, probably even in as recent as like 2016, if you would talk about some of the things that he was talking about back then, you know, people called him a socialist, they called him crazy. Yeah. And then now most of those issues and most of those ideas are ones that are considered normal and all the candidates are just explaining their version. So I think he has yeah. normalized a lot of those, those things, but we'll get back to um, Bernie because there's a couple questions I want to ask <laughs> you about them, but um, sure. So um, what personally did you hope to gain from working for his campaign in Iowa? Yeah, so um, I so I had worked on two campaigns before that, but really, you know, sort of just like in like typical like intern, like very limited role, everything like that. So, um, you know, going out to Iowa, I really wanted – a real firsthand experience of, um, you know, like being an organizer, um, being on the ground, like actual field work, um, not just like doing the work, but then also, you know, being able to sort of um, be part of um, like planning and implementing all that stuff as well. Um, and so you um, did take like a more involved role. You actually like help plan events and, Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And, uh, and yeah, I mean, just to try something different, you know, both of my camp, all like, I guess all of my campaign experience has been um, in more uh, urban areas, everything like that. And, you know, going to Iowa, Mm -hmm. um, it's just very different um, environment, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I'm really glad that I was able to go out there and have that all like under my belt now. And, uh, that you've been talking about, like hoping to gain experience and gain experience in political campaigns. And I know that you're also studying political science. So yeah. do you, in any capacity, are you planning to go into politics in the future or is it just something mm-hmm. you're interested in and, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, definitely I want to go into politics in the future. Um, I, I, I'm just not sure what capacity yet, you know? Right. So, um, I mean, campaigns are, are really, really, really interesting, really fun, but also, um, very tiresome and they take, they suck the life out of you. So, you know, um, definitely I want to go into politics in the future, but I just, not, I'm not sure like what track yet. Right. Yeah. I, I know Paige is 
I, I don't think I necessarily want to go into politics, and I'm not even a political science major. I'm computer science, but um, okay, yeah. Paige is political science, and she knows she wants to, but she's not sure to what effect yet. As yeah, well. exactly. Mean, she knows she she's interned at like the state level, and it's uh-huh. she for sure wants to do that. But national politics are like a whole different game, and like you said, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, on like a kind of a different note, but, um, one thing that we always have noticed in our lives is that pretty much we got interested in politics, like our senior year of high school. And since then we've kind of been involved, you know, we've voted every chance we've gotten. Um, obviously we have this podcast now where we talk about politics, so we've been pretty involved and I assume you're pretty involved too, but do you see your friends who may not be, um, like, doing the project with you or just, like, Mm -hmm. your friends in general, do you see them being as politically involved as you? Or if not, like, to what extent do you? Because I know our friends aren't. Like, it's it's the age thing, but... Yeah. Um, I definitely think that there's an interest and um, there's a sort of want for some kind of change Mm -hmm. um i don't think a lot of people um like our age are exactly like able to like um i guess articulate what kind of change that they want they there's just a general sense of something needs to be done um and um yeah, I just don't I don't think that a lot of people especially our age um sort of have or not have I say they don't know they like they don't know the resources that they have to sort of get involved like they don't they're just not made aware um and uh yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of an awareness thing. Like I said, until our senior year in high school, I mean, I didn't know anything about how politics worked, about yeah. like on any level, state level, national level, whatever. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm, at least in my opinion, it's too late. I mean, it's not too late, but it's, um, it should be done earlier. You know, like we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't learn about government finally like in our like senior year, year before you can AP government like, class or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, this needs to be done, like, way earlier. Yeah, I agree. And, like, another thing for me, I don't know if you participated in this in California, but um, I did Boys State, which is, like, you do, like, a politics. Oh, yeah, I had, I had a few friends who did that, yeah. Yeah, that was another thing that kind of really showed what politics were like. Before. Yeah. I was just... But, um, okay, back to Bernie. Um, sure. So one theory that I've had, because, I mean, obviously, I would assume that you would want him to be the nominee. And yes. So do you think that there is a problem with him and Elizabeth Warren both still? Because this is my theory, is that the problem is that they kind of share a voter base. In my experience, okay. I feel like if only one of them was running, then the votes would the collective votes for the two of them would go to only one person and sure. it would, they would win easily. They would win the nomination. So do you think that it's a problem that they have 
really similar policies and that they're still running and that they could possibly take from each other's voter bases? Sure. Um, so yes and no. So um, you are right when you say they have very, very similar um, policy ideas. Um, however, if let's say, for example, um, that Elizabeth Warren like dropped out right now, I do not think that I think that um, Bernie's poll numbers would go up. I don't think they would go up drastically though, because I, there are some similarities within their voting block, but if you go down to the details, there are some big differences. Um, Bernie's base is more um, um, working class, um, not college educated, um, not very wealthy. Um, where if you go over and look at Elizabeth, I mean, this is just, this is just all like subjective. Like I'm not like talking trash or anything like that. But if you go over to Elizabeth Warren's, um, base, um, she has a lot more, um, white, wealthy, college educated, um, supporters, um, than, uh, Bernie does. So, and, um, yeah. And at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, people like that, you know, um, you know, like say that people who support Elizabeth Warren right now, who maybe were hardcore Hillary supporters, um, you know, they are sort of warming up to the progressive ideas that um, Bernie and Elizabeth are bringing to the national stage. But I don't I think that at the end of the day, like those same people like would be less likely to support Bernie, if that makes sense. Right. All right. Very, very insightful, especially, <laughs> I mean, from, like you said, I mean, working on the campaign, you probably um, just see more polls than I have. Because, I mean, in general, <laughs> like, I, I've seen probably single-digit polls because, for the most part, I've kind of tried to not look at them that much because, honestly, right. just seeing Biden's lead most of the time scares me. <laughs> yeah. But, um do you think, and back to that, with Bernie's, I mean, from most of the polls that I've seen, Biden is still pretty much the front runner, and then second place usually is any number of, it's usually Bernie, there's also, Warren is in there in a couple different polls, uh, Harris is also in a couple different polls, so like, do you think there's anything Bernie can do at this point that could solidify his spot and maybe even in a couple polls take that top spot. Cause I know, I mean, pretty much the first couple, um, what's it called? Caucuses and primaries matter the most. And Iowa obviously right. is the first one, but, um, yeah, is there anything he can do at this point? Um, well, I'm not sure if you saw this, but I think it was either one day. It was yeah, yesterday or two days before, um, we were in first place in New Hampshire, a new poll okay. that just came out. Um, so, um, but, and I think one common trend among every single poll is that, yeah, Joe Biden's in first place, but his lead is constantly going down. It is. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, um, you know, like when everyone sort of kicked off their campaign, everyone's just like, oh, Joe Biden, vice president, Obama. Yeah. Great. Awesome. 
But then, you know, when we start to have these debates, when specific policy plans start to come out, um, you know, some slip ups, some gaffes, you know, I think then people are starting to realize, oh, okay, let me sort of, uh, let me sort of explore my other options here. So those are some pretty constant, um, you know, things and everything like that. As far as specific polls go, um, there's no sort of one size fit all polling aspect, you know, everything is different. Um, you know, you have a lot of polls who, um, are calling people who only have landlines. Um, young people don't have landlines. Um, working class people who are trying to save some money, they're just going to use their cell phones and not pay for an extra landline. Um, th- there's a whole bunch of different, um, aspects that can completely change the way that polling is done. Um, and so, you know, when I was out there in Iowa, there are, there's good polls and bad polls. Um, but, um, at the end of the day, what I did and what my, um, coworkers did was that we just focused on the work that we were doing. And it's what, and I believe that, um, you know, I can only speak to Iowa because I was only in Iowa, but I'm pretty sure that at least in the early states, it's pretty similar. But our campaign, like a hundred percent, I'm being a hundred percent honest. We have the most, we have the most like robust organizing program. We talk to so many people like we, um, you know, it's not just us in an office making calls all day. You know, like we are out there actually talking to people, getting them engaged, having them join our campaign as volunteers. You know, we have the most volunteers in Iowa. We have the most individual donors in Iowa. Um, and that can be said for basically almost every state. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, as, as, as far as what Bernie himself can do, um, he being Bernie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, you know, um, you know, every day more and more people are supporting the ideas that he has been supporting for the past 40 odd years. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and then a lot of people have, you know, recently started adopting these ideas in the past three to four years. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that we just got to keep drawing back to, um, you know, Bernie's longtime support of these issues and, um, you know, his longtime history of, um, you know, not accepting big money like a lot of other candidates do right now to show that, you know, once we actually get in the White House, we're not going to pull back. We're going to keep going forward, you know, um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that I'm worried about is I think it's great that a lot of other candidates are um, helping bring the idea of these issues to the forefront. But at the end of the day, you know, if they're accepting um, money from big pharma, healthcare industries, drug manufacturers, um, or like uh student loan um, companies, everything like that, then you know, what's going to happen when they're actually, you know, there uh, with right. the power, you know, what's actually going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think as we, as long as we keep drawing, um, you know, those differences between us, you know, what sort of is, makes us stand out um, and all of that, I, I think we're going to do just fine. Yeah. I've always said, I mean, the reason why I, have 
pretty much said that I've been supporting Bernie for a while. It's just he's mm-hmm. always seemed most genuine to me. I mean, definitely. If you look at his voting record, he's been voting for the issues that are coming to the forefront now for years and years and years, and he's been fighting for it for years and years and years. So I've always definitely. felt that he just cares the most and is the most genuine. But um, I'd say last question. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but Hickenlooper officially dropped out of today. I did, so, yes. Yeah, so uh, obviously, typically it happens after the first few New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada. At what point do you think we're going to see the 30, sure. 20-odd candidates start dropping like flies? Yeah, um, I mean, the next debates, you know, you've yeah. got you've got to have 130,000 unique donors and you need to have, I think it's, um, is it 2% or 4% in four four polls or something like that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, a lot of people don't have that less than 10 people have that right now and they need to meet both of those thresholds by the end of the month. So if there's only 10 people on that debate stage, and, um, you know, the other 10, 12 people um, are not able to get their message out. They're not able to bring in more donors, more money. Um, that's uh, that, I, I think that's going to start uh, dragging some people down. Right. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for my questions. Uh, awesome. Our final question on the list. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? I mean, besides go Bernie. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, go Bernie, but, um, uh, um, go to berniesanders.com, um, find some events near you. Um, with, there's, there's a big, uh, big operation in Las Vegas. Um, you know, um, we, there's some really awesome organizers who are just really cool people in general, um, working, you know, all throughout the state. Um, and I'm sure that they would love to meet you and they would love to have you for an event, uh, soon, you know, in the area. Right. Well, thank you for talking to me and talking. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. It's been very informative and uh, look forward to talking to your colleagues and getting the whole scope of Iowa. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks. It's been good to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Garrett.